0: afternoon friends welcome to another grand and glorious day here in the best little city in america we'll spend the next couple hours here on the patrick lally show getting updated on oh man it's a friday it's the happy hour edition of the patrick lally show Although
1: I did get some word, I and I think I know what happened there. Our our, our crack engineering staff was doing some work in here earlier today. Yeah. And I, I think that's what was going on.
0: Well, you know, threw me for a loop. It's okay. It's all right. Everything's gonna be okay, Dan, because that's the kind of show this is where we just we just roll with it, baby. We just roll with
1: it. That we do. Steve Steve Winwood says roll with it, baby.
0: <laughs> We're just moving and grooving. Oh, no, it is Friday. It's the happy hour edition, as I said, of the Patrick Lally Show. We're going to talk today about local, state, national news, politics, education, science, and nature. That voice you heard just momentarily was Uber producer Dan Peters. He's here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We really do appreciate you tuning us in, whether that's on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live on KSOO dot com, which you can do, or, you know, this way, the new way, the lovely way, the easy way, KSOO mobile app, where you can get one-touch live streaming, and get updates from Dan and the rest of the KSOO news crew, get weather, all of that, and push notifications so you can find out the latest when it happens. And remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live on or on our Twitter account, at Show. Oh, man, it is it is flat-out nice. It's going to be... It's, it's just, you just want to be outside, man. Right?
1: You want to be outside.
0: We're not, but we want to be outside. And here's why I know that spring, we're, we are in the month of baseball now. We, spring training has started. We, You know, there's, there's games that you can catch here and there just to find out what's going on with your favorite team. Of course, this being your home for Minnesota Twins baseball, information one thousand KSOO. You're a twins fan. I you know, most people are around here. I am. I am. Dan is. Most everybody in the building probably would be. Except for uh Jeff Harkness, of course.
1: Yeah, he's well, he's a SoCal guy, so yeah. I'll give him that.
0: He's uh our, our ESPN ninety nine point one college sports analyst, uh Jeff Harkness, he uh he's he's an Angels guy, and that's okay.
1: You know, if it were the Dodgers then I'd be like
0: Ugh, but God. but
1: the Angels I can I can stomach.
0: Yeah, don't and you got to respect he's lifelong Angels fan, but we're over here on this side, we're we're Twins guys and we got the banner hanging up here because this is Twins territory. But the first uh I was just looking at the schedule today. Twins open the regular season in Baltimore which I hate opening in Baltimore but it seems like it happens a lot. Baltimore on March 29 and then they play on the 31st and the 1st. That's the first series of the year.
1: I think what part I think part of that with the hating of Baltimore and opening the season that way, I think was it 2 years ago when Paul Molitor was it was his second year of managing. And they lost the first three games in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. And it started off 0-9, and it yes. was just a slog after that.
0: That was a horrible year. But for whatever reason, it seems like we often open in Baltimore. And then we go to Pittsburgh, another vacation paradise, April 2-4, and two-game. So right away, we're into interleague, which I don't like that either. But, you know, but, you know they, they try, and with the Twins now, because we've got the outdoor stadium, they try and delay that home opener. As long as they can, because they want to give every opportunity for it not to be a blizzard. But it still could be a blizzard because the home opener versus the Mariners, your Seattle Mariners, April 5, 7, and 8, all day games. Like a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, all day games. And uh that's the home opener. So it could be it could be nasty then. You know, how come? Since this is your home for Minnesota Twins baseball, Information 1000K well, Dan, maybe we should just go and do the, the show that whole week from Target Field. How about, how, how's that sound?
2: Really?
0: <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. You know, really?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Soinks. our friend uh, uh, Jeff Turn from ESPN 99.1, I use that term loosely, uh, from Overtime, he went to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? to Minneapolis. He goes to the Super Bowl every year, but why can't I think then we should just be able to kind of road trip it up to Minneapolis for Twins Week, opening week.
1: I know we could do that. But I would be more on the order of making sure that the temperatures would be more at least a guarantee or, or a modicum of mm-hmm. warmth. Yeah. Once you get to maybe May or or June. Yeah.
0: But think about it, we probably would be able to do the show from someplace warm. We wouldn't have to actually be outdoors at the stadium. From but the
1: John Gordon, or is it the Harne- yeah. Herb Carneal press box up yeah. there at Target Field? They,
0: well, I think that's heated up there. They give us a little corner up in Press Row, don't you think? As being, Isn't Sioux Falls, I think this is true of the Twins as it is with the Vikings, the single largest season ticket holder base outside of the Metro, the Twin Cities Metro?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I can't substantiate that, but I wouldn't be
0: surprised. I know it's true of football, but I'm not baseball is a little tougher just because there's so many games. So maybe that's not true, but I gotta get up there this year. I don't think I made it to a game last year. It's gotta happen. So that's coming up. You you wanna check your calendars there. March 29, which seems a little early for a, a season opener in Baltimore. Game will be right here on Information 1000 KSO, which, of course, is your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. I am looking forward to it. Oh, man, am I looking forward to it. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests are Sioux Falls Schools District Superintendent Brian Maher. Uh, Dr. Maher hasn't been here for a while. We've got a lot to talk about, of course, there with uh, safety in the schools, but also a lot of other issues related to your public school system in Sioux Falls. The Buffalo Maiden will check in from the Black Hills Bureau for Weird Friends. I believe she's in Hill City today. She's not even in Custer. She's just she's up there up the hill in, in Hill City. Thea Miller Ryan and Sandy Richter of the Outdoor Campus will be with us to preview the big moonlight hike tonight as well. And it's gonna be a beautiful night for it, as well as other activities for grown-ups over there at the outdoor campus. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic disenfranchising voters in South Dakota. You heard it here first. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 318 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. it's the happy hour edition of the pnl statement here on the patrick lally show with my friends the bodines once in a while
3: everybody wants to be closer to free.
0: ah, love that song and i love freedom let's look at the news shall we um, there's a couple things going on. Uh, one that i uh, I thought was particularly interesting today that I saw uh, with your South Dakota legislature uh, that involves disenfranchising voters. And when I say that, I mean your that that's a concept that you are you are making it difficult for people to vote, or you are making it so their vote doesn't count. You can say that about. Um, you know, issues like uh gerrymandering when when uh legislators or or powers that be draw legislative boundaries so that you group a bunch of people of the same uh ilk together and basically uh sort of dilute their uh effect across the state okay that's that's one way another thing you can do is what I think the South Dakota legislature is doing with this idea here, so they're, they're, they're talking about and trying to bring to a vote uh, uh, changes to the constitutional amendment known as Marcy's Law. And you remember the Marcy's Law, that is the one that is uh, dealing with victims' rights, okay, and was sponsored and brought and uh, funded by a California billionaire whose sister was killed by, I believe, a ex-boyfriend. As uh, She was stalked and killed. And and there were some issues with this, this dude, any huge. So the legislators, uh, led by uh, House Speaker Mark Mickelson, sort of been trying to do something about this because constitutional amendment, they can't just change it like they did. I am twenty two they have to change the Constitution, which is more difficult. So they negotiate this deal with the backers of this thing, and they come up with a compromise. And that's all fine because there's a lot of problems with Marcy's Law because uh, while it protects victims of crime, which is good, it makes it very difficult for police in some cases to uh, inform the public about what's going on. So they come up with a deal. Now, here's where it goes wrong. Um, They are thinking about putting it on the June primary ballot these changes because the voters have to come back and approve the changes that they've made to the constitution which is fine and we've been talking about all these changes they want to make to the INR and all that this is this is not that this is just them putting this on a June ballot instead of the general election ballot in November and they're in an all fired up hurry to do it and I understand a little bit that you want to get it done, but it's not that June, November. It doesn't make that much difference to me. So they're working on some bills to finance, uh, this bad boy, uh, because they got to pay for the primary because here's the deal. Everybody then would vote at primary time on this one issue. If you're a Republican, you vote for Republican candidates in the primary. If you're a Democrat, you vote for Democrat candidates in the primary. Right Now, Democrats allow independents to come into their primary, but Republicans don't allow independents into their primary. You have to be a registered Republican. But you have to register with the Democrat. You can't just show up that day and and, and vote as a Democrat. However, this involves the entire electorate, the Marcy's Law vote. So if you are an independent or a non-registered person, okay, not a non-affiliated you're a registered voter not affiliated with a, uh, a political party and so you don't have anything to vote for on the ballot in terms of the primaries you still would have to go to vote in june on this issue and that makes no sense to me because even if you believe that this needs to go down or be changed marcy's law you can't say to me that you're going to get the same uh, sort of attention in June that you would in November. In fact, there's a whole swath of people who have never voted in primaries, have no, it's not part of their DNA. To them, it would be like a special election. And that's, I think, independents or non-affiliate voters in the state of South Dakota are somewhere around a third of the voters now. or close to it. Well, that's a third of the people who you're asking to come and vote who wouldn't normally vote. And so when I say it's disenfranchising voters, there's a whole bunch of people that just aren't going to do that. Not for Marcy's Law. I don't know if there's a strategy behind this or not. Um, I think it's just them wanting to make it change really fast so there's no opportunity to really let it get mucked up because there's not going to be any opposition to the changes because the Marcy's Law people are for it. The state's for it. So I don't know what the rush is. I think that it is better, cleaner, more democratic to put it on the November ballot when people would normally be voting anyway, no matter their party. And then it's a parallel presentation. This is out of order. It's out of normal and it's not needed. They're going to have to spend extra money on it to do it. It's a couple hundred thousand bucks. I think it's not that much money but they still have to pass the money they have to instruct the uh secretary of state's office to do it um it just doesn't make any sense to me and from a theoretical position from a philosophical position it's not the same thing you know asking uh people to make a special trip into town seems to me to be odd and there's a gentleman here uh this is a story from South Dakota Public Radio. State Senator Ryan Maher says moving it up to the primary could save counties money, but the state has to spend the money. Um, he says, uh, who knows, if we go down this road, it might spark more interest for a primary election. Well, no, it would just confuse it. Because if you're an independent, you see, you got, you're going to show up that, you know, it's not the same. It's got an emergency clause in it and the money. So it requires, still requires two-thirds majority vote to get this. But they'll, I think they'll probably get it. The, the governor says he'll sign it. Um, State Senator Troy Heinert uh, said that he was talking about in western South Dakota, uh, you know, it, he's, he's saying he's making it part of a ranch discussion that people aren't going to leave the ranch to come to town just to vote on this, which, I mean, that's probably not that much of the electorate, you know, frankly, but it's, it is an interesting idea. Um, in a general election, they're more likely to come to town to vote for candidates and things of this nature. I think that's a legitimate point. So I don't know why they're doing it. It is disenfranchising voters, and it's certainly not in the spirit of self-governance. It is in the spirit of legislative convenience, and that's not necessarily the best reason. That is the bottom line on today's P&L statement. You can agree or disagree with me by dropping me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. You can also follow along on our Twitter feed at PLallyShow, Show. Follow us on Facebook Live. All the different ways that you can chat with us here on the show. Coming up after the break, after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, the Buffalo Maiden will be in checking in from the Black Hills Bureau Followed by Thea Miller Ryan from Outdoor Campus. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
1: Trampled by Turtles.
2: You can never pretend that I don't love you. You can never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I am. And you call me in the morning with your troubles, taking it downtown.
0: And I play Turtles for no other reason than I like them. And once I start playing them, I can't stop. But it brings in uh, my weird friend, Nancy, the buffalo maiden Gell- Gellerman. Nancy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Did you? Uh, are you a Turtles fan? I can't remember.
2: I do. I love the Turtles. And, you know, that was my like nickname in high school. Do you remember that? You probably don't
0: remember that. You Trampled? don't remember high school. <laughs> no, Turtles. <laughs> you know, I don't remember that.
2: To be trampled that would have been better how did yeah, you get named the, turtle i think the coach was so angry one time when we were playing basketball and he yelled you jump as high as a turtle
0: oh see that's nasty <laughs> was that leo larang or who that was, was
2: leo it? Okay. yes it okay, was it might at... have been a frustrating time it was a frustrating time for all of us <laughs> but
0: anyways <laughs> those, were, those were dark days weren't they, <laughs> they were. programs come it was really way. good
2: to see you though i was in sioux falls and it was so nice to see you um Turning into the car wash. Yeah, and at least we said hello to each other, um, and that's it. That so was you, it. So you that come was all
0: the way across the state. We talk yeah. every week. You come all the way across the state, which unfortunately ah. was for a, a sad occasion. But you yeah. were here, Terrible. and and the only time I got to see you was sitting on whatever street that is, or by Costco. Yeah. Weird.
2: Yeah. That's oh so, yeah that was crazy. Yes it was. <laughs> so Anyways, it was.
0: But what did, uh, so you were here for a funeral, unfortunately, as I said, um, and so kind of kind of in and out pretty quick, but uh, did, were, were yeah. you happy to be back East River again?
2: It was, well, it was tough to be back East River. I was at a funeral for a, a very dear woman, but, um, and it, that's hard. That's always very hard, especially at, you know, our age. Uh, but I have to say, I have one good thing about Sioux Falls. Uh, there's a lot of good things about Sioux Falls. You always call it the best little city I never Refer to as that. No, I know you don't. Um, you're in uh, the best little city with a lot of opportunities, but um, <laughs> the funeral procession just totally caught me off guard. I had no idea. I mean, I've been in funerals. I have you know, eleven. No, I have twenty aunts and uncles and fifty first cousins. So there's a lot of funerals in my life, but I have never seen or witnessed how um, the people of St. to the side of the road and what. I mean, it was just such a, a humbling experience to to witness this. Everybody, even on Russell Street, they would just stop. Everybody stopped on both sides of the road. I've never seen that before, and I was so impressed and so just it was just amazing. It's it uh, so and I
0: don't know I don't know why that is. Why do we do that here? They don't do that everywhere, right?
2: They don't do both. I've never seen both sides of the street, and it started right away when we pulled out of St. Michael's on Marion Road, and I was. I just thought that was so amazing. It was always on one side of the street, and you always have the, the policeman escort, but that's to keep people from cutting in the line. Yeah, you know when you're in the when you're in the big cities. But it was it was so incredible, and it was so uh, moving to watch. And and then to have the officers stand, um, you know, while the cars pulled into St. Michael Cemetery because it was quite a long procession and quite a long drive. So it was that was amazing. I was really impressed. Yeah,
0: and every once in a while there's some dust up about either you know somebody doesn't do it or you know we've got a lot of police officers involved. But it's always something that people want to keep doing and, and seem to understand. Even with all the new people coming into town, I suppose it's confusing. Sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean there were young. I looked because you know you look and it was young people, it was old people, it was uh, business people, it was huge trucks. I mean everybody just stopped, mm. and uh, I didn't see anybody get moving. I didn't see anybody get moving quickly either. I mean, they waited till the whole procession went by.
0: Wow. Well, that's which, why it's uh, the best which, little city in America.
2: Well, that I'm going to give you one's up on that. And hey, Pat, we have a fan. Right? <laughs> we have a fan. We actually had I actually had a, a nice man, young uh man come up to me and ask if I was a Buffalo maiden <laughs> at the wake.
0: <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: I'm not kidding you, and I think it's just amazing. And, and uh, God bless him, man. We've got a fan.
0: Did he, <laughs> did he get your number or anything? I mean, just uh, no, no, gonna no, be no. a stalking <laughs> situation or?
2: Uh, it was well. You know what he did ask though. He asked if we'd ask you to quit being so liberal. And uh, <laughs> our our mutual oh. friend, our mutual friend, responded saying that would be like asking him not to be bald or white. <laughs> But, oh, um, no. <laughs> I don't think I
0: fared very well in this exchange. You,
2: you, you didn't. Well, you didn't. But, you know, uh, but they're listening every, uh, no, every Friday at least. Every Friday. See, I have, I have a fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have a fan. You have some you know, must-listen radio fan out there that's tuning in yes. just for you.
2: Well, that's yes, good. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. It makes it all worthwhile. I
0: had a very odd experience today. I was, uh, yesterday I was talking about how I've been helping out uh, my friend Matt Staub at the bait shop. So uh-huh. I'm in the back of the bait shop, you know, pricing up and stacking up dog, high-end dog food. And uh, the mailman comes in and says to Stub, hey, I heard him talking about you on the radio. Because the other day I had uh, Kevin Kunkel on, you know, Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's in, he has a little bit part in. Uh, in the movie. In the movie. And the guy, the mailman's telling this story about how this guy on the radio wants to have Matt Damon go fishing and come to the bait shop. It was, you know, it's just a small, small world because we basically all know each other, right?
2: We we basically do all know each other. I had uh, an incredible experience, uh, you know, being in Sioux Falls and just kind of going from little restaurant to little restaurant and checking out some new things downtown, and would always see somebody I knew.
0: That's marvelous. That was fun. Hey,
2: and then on the flip side, another Mm -hmm. small town. um, There's a there's a business journal in Sioux Falls. I don't know if you're aware of it, but they were doing a a review or a, a questionnaire. What restaurant would you like to see come back to Sioux Falls?
0: Yeah. Was it Bonanza? What?
2: Excuse me. Wild Sage was listed quite a few times.
0: How many? Hello.
2: Wild Sage Grill. Well, at least eight, I think.
0: Well, nobody ever wanted you to leave. You just had too much to do.
2: I had too much to do, and I'm having way too much fun over here. It's 50 degrees over here. I know we're supposed to get a little snow, but it's 50, sunny, the the there's so much snow. The even the um, sides of the roads are filling up like little creek beds. So you could go fishing, fly fishing.
0: Yeah, I actually I want to fly. Yeah. I, you know, now that I'm in the now that I'm in the industry, I mm-hmm.
4: I get free bait.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would have, you could have been here on Wednesday and for that. You remember the fly fishing film festival? Oh,
0: that's right. Did you go? No, because I was there. Oh, I that's was, right. Dang it! I got yeah, my days all mixed yeah. up. Well, you know, yes. there's we didn't even get a chance to talk about this whole Icon thing because I know you, the Icon Lounge noise problem. You were a downtown oh. resident.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was the thing. Okay, that's the weird thing about Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. This is where, it's, uh, you know, you want this downtown. You want this growth. You want everything to develop. I lived downtown mm-hmm. for four years mm-hmm. right next to the railroad tracks, uh, not in a van but in a <laughs> uh, flat. And uh, that's why you live downtown. You live downtown because you want – you know, you want to be in the vibrancy. You want to be around. The, you, you have to accept the noise. I mean, New York City doesn't stop, no. you know, ambulances because they're too noisy in certain parts of town or, or music. I mean, yeah. it, that just blew me away that they would do that to to the people Let's of ICON. See. I it, think
0: there's a solution somewhere, don't you? It's got to be a solution.
2: You just accept it or you move out. I mean, literally, I don't. I only know one couple that's still living downtown from when I Live down
0: mm-hmm. there, so well um, and, and those were apartments, you know people come and go that happens, mm-hmm. yeah you, know, you buy a but I mean and and
2: even you, in the other places that people had lived, and you adapt or you don't mm-hmm. and and part of living downtown is the, the is the noise, mm-hmm. and um you know, I didn't ask the train to you know put bumpers on their wheels, <laughs> you just adapted to it, you just adapt, and I think yep. uh. Over time, it, it wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, whatever the issue is now, it looks like they have cleared it up. Um, but wait till a uh, hot Harley night. Well, come. that's what wait I said.
0: Apparently, they've been moved out now because of the Levitt oh, they ha- construction. Because it's too noisy. But, you know, there's still going to be Harleys around. It's not like that's going to change. Yeah. yeah. Or
2: wait till, what is that, the thing? The Levitt Amphitheater or yep. something that's going to yep. have the 50 yep. concerts, outdoor concerts a year, a yep. summer?
0: They're going to be amplified. It's going to be more than 55 it's Trampled by Turtles, decibles. man, they're I'm going to know. be there. Speaking of trampled by Turtles, they would be awesome outside. They need to come back. They're to I, tour I
2: just saw live music last night for the first time in the, in the hills <laughs> at Minor Brewing Company, and they had a little group called Them Chloe Boys from Wisconsin. <laughs> was, it, was it good? They were like trampled by turtle wannabes. Yeah, I
0: think I know who those guys are, actually.
2: And you know the the guy playing the bass. He's probably the one that the parents are most disappointed in because <laughs> he probably has a master's degree in yeah in music he's and he's playing bluegrass running around. Yeah, they were uh, good. They were good. It was entertaining.
0: Buffalo Maiden. I'm so sorry we didn't get to spend some time together, but soon, soon. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm right. gonna leave you with a little bit of, of this on the way out. Little, little gift for you. Here you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, it just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Well, what's that? It's the trampled by turtles. There you go. <laughs> there.
2: There we go. There All you go. Right. You're new. Okay.
0: Anyway, thanks. I'll see you next week.
2: Okay. Bye
0: bye. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand K S O L. We'll be right back with Thea Miller Ryan from the Outdoor Campus. 349 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. A little Lyle Levitt. Lyle Levitt. Lyle Levitt. I was just talking about the Levitt concerts. Lyle Lovett for uh, Thea Miller Ryan, who's in studio every Friday afternoon and often does bring a guest. And today is no different. She has with her Sandy Richter, who's a naturalist with the Outdoor Campus just across the way here, 40, 49th and Oxbow. Uh, sandy thea thank you for coming today
3: thanks for having us
0: um so you've got a big event tonight tell us sandy uh and it sounds fantastic moonlight walk what's this all about
5: yeah well we are partnering with um the sioux falls health department um with their program called beat the blues and it's just to get outside and um, do some walking and um, but you were able to keep track of your mileage with walking biking swimming any of that stuff and tonight is the wrap up part cool. of it um, so we are gonna go for a little moonlight walk out on the bike trail and um, watch the moonrise.
0: That sounds fantastic uh so uh you show up you wh- I'm sorry what time again tonight
5: uh six thirty goes from six thirty to eight thirty.
0: So when's it get dark?
5: It's gonna be dark probably. Like, I think sunset's like around six. Okay,
0: so it will it be good and dark? But, well, the moon will just be coming the up, The moon
5: though. will just be rising.
0: Oh, that's going to be stunning because it is
5: just like one night past one the night full. One night past the full right. moon, yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
5: So it's it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Um so this is uh, uh, part of some work you guys are doing to do more programming. I've, I've heard the commercials. Thea, <laughs> Thea's got commercials. I hear her voice all the time in Me my ears. too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so Thea, tell us about this. This is like an effort to do more adult programming and things Yeah, stuff.
3: we did some strategic, strategic planning earlier, um, well, last year with Game Fish and Parks. And we had adults come to us and say, you've been teaching our kids how to do all these fun outdoor things for 20 years. What about us? And so uh, we have created this whole new line. In fact, Sandy's in charge of it. (laughs) Um, This whole great list of adult programming that we're going to begin this spring. And uh, tonight's one of them. You can bring kids tonight. It's a family event. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, Yeah. But we do have some really other cool adult stuff coming up like trapping wild animals and bird watching and sandy can tell you details about all Wow, of them. that's
0: pretty cool so sandy um it's, a, it's gonna be a beautiful night you guys got
5: no i'm so excited
0: yeah because it's a little windy out there right now but that'll go away yep and it'll just be a lovely right. south dakota spring night to watch the moon come up amazing right. um that's the kind of thing you're doing now what so tell us about some of these other activities that I might be able to get involved in.
5: Okay well um, the newest one that we just added um, just probably about an hour ago is we are working with um, a few members of the South Dakota Canoe and Kayak Association and I um, signed up or I'm going to sign up for the south dakota kayak challenge which is coming up in may
0: oh that's a big deal it's a
5: big deal it's like 73 miles so
0: you're gonna do it personally i'm gonna do it okay is this single or tandem single okay
5: i hear if you're tandem you usually end up with a divorce afterwards (laughs) (laughs) but it's you've got to prep for it you've got to be ready for it i mean that's a long time and i they had said on the registration that it would take 33 hours or they give you 33 hours to complete this and I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm going to have to get a tent. I'm going to have to overnight mm-hmm. and do all this. Well, then we met with with a friend um, last week, and he's like, it doesn't take 33 hours.
0: I think you can. You, you can, can make, make it, it <laughs> last that long.
5: <laughs> yes, but you'll easily get it done in 10.
0: You know, it's downriver, right?
5: Right. Just, he goes, you just got to plan a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what do I need to do? And he started listing off all these things, and I'm like. I need to take a class. Yeah,
0: <laughs> There you can go. You,
5: can you help me with that? And so we worked out a date. And so we, we've got that on our website now. Um, and that's going to be March 22nd.
0: Oh, that's cool. So where's the class?
5: It's going to be at the outdoor campus. Oh, out in the
0: pond there? Or well, right? it's
5: actually just going to be more of a lecture. Oh, got it. Just because we're getting ready. It's our to-do yeah. list. So we're going to be talking about nutrition and muscles and and, and gear that you would need to bring along. So that sounds really
0: of, fun. So yeah. it's March 22nd. March 22nd. What time? 7 o'clock. Over at the outdoor campus at building outdoor at 49th Camp. and Oxbow? Yes. Yes. That is awesome. That sounds like a great, I know it's a great event. So this, if you've ever been interested or you just want to learn more, mm-hmm. you show up at that Definitely. and then you can probably get more information about the rest of the classes. Right. So.
5: Well, we've also got this really cool bird walk that um, it's a new program that we're starting this spring. And we have our first class on Wednesday morning. Um, and our secretary, Tana, is a bird extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. And um, and we really are excited. She's put a lot of work into this class.
0: That's this coming Wednesday morning? This coming Wednesday what morning. Time?
5: Yep, and that's going to start at 9 o'clock.
0: That sounds like fun, too. And all this information is available at uh, the Outdoor Campus website, which is where again?
3: OutdoorCampus.org.
0: OutdoorCampus.org. Find out all about it, or you can jump on our Twitter feed. We'll give you a link. But you should you should be able to find that. Or just stop in, 49th and Oxbow.
3: We love to visit with you. That's great,
0: Thea Sandy. Thank you for stopping by. This sounds fantastic. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for having us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO.
3: Excellent announcements with guitar.
0: Three fifty eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Coming up on uh, tonight, it's tonight, it's Friday, it's first Friday downtown, a special day of shopping, art and entertainment in downtown Sioux Falls, always fun, it's going to be a beautiful night, you can go on the moonlight walk, then go downtown, hang out, get some dinner, have a cocktail, see some art, go in the pavilion, it's awesome. Coming up after the weather, after the news, it's the weather with Phil Schreck, right here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And I'm very happy to have in the studio with me today. Uh it's been it's been too long since he was last year. Uh Dr. Brian Maher, who is the superintendent of schools for the Sioux Falls School District and uh has been now. Is this your are you ending your second year? Is that right? I'm ending I'm sorry. You're ending your third year. That's amazing. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, uh, remember when you came, uh, you came from Nebraska and we've talked a lot about Nebraska football and all that, but I'm told I have a, I have a, a mole in your system Uh-oh. telling me that uh, you've got the grandkids this week. The grandkids are in town.
4: We have four grandkids. Two of them are with us this week. In fact, uh, I know my wife uh, had them at the Discovery Center this afternoon.
0: Oh, wow. So how long are they in town?
4: They're uh, till tomorrow morning. Oh, they're, wow. They're going to go back to Lincoln, Nebraska tomorrow morning.
0: So you can get some sleep, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. There's <laughs> not quite three and not quite one. So oh. sleep was at a premium this week. And so, I, I say that, uh, honestly, my, my wife handled it far more than I did, but I did notice it.
0: Um, so how long were they with you?
4: Uh, eight days. And oh. I, I, got, I got the joy... Of being with them when I got home from work, and and my wife not only had the joy, she had the the burden of being their caregiver as well. So she will <laughs> really great. be tired uh, tomorrow night.
0: Uh, so so everybody goes back to normal this week. That's great.
4: Yeah, yeah you. that's an interesting intelligence. You. Well, have. I'm you not going to let. You have I'm people not. Everywhere.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say that, but I. You know, I have people. They they. You know, just remember that. Um. So. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, uh, legislature before we get into... I want to talk about school safety, and that's the topic of the day, but I want to hit some things first. So um, the revenues for the state have not been uh, what they were expecting, and then we got a little bump. So there had been all this doom and gloom about not being able to give uh, public employees and teachers, those are two different groups, uh, the kinds of uh, increases in wage that we've been hoping for. Now, the thing about teachers is that we have this half-cent dedicated sales tax that we approved to bump up salaries. Uh, and it was good, right? I mean, the first year was good. Second year was the revenues were starting to come down, and now this year it's been really tight. Uh, the $18 million that's sitting there notwithstanding, have we not lived up to that promise of raising teacher salaries with that extra sales tax?
4: Well, we did the first year. Uh, as a as a state, who did a phenomenal job in that first year, uh, the half cent sales tax and uh, raising teacher salaries, and and it and it happened, and the legislative body put in uh, two safeguards to make sure that 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 money did indeed raise teacher salaries, and and most districts, I think all but, I don't remember, maybe thirty two or so, I don't remember the number, mm-hmm. um, actually actually took that money, used it as intended, and made a made a difference with teacher salaries. We certainly did. Uh, here in Sioux Falls. So we're we're really happy with that. Um, but that next year, we were down to a 0.3% um, increase in state aid. And so, of course, that, that hurts. And th- this year, we thought we were going to be at 0%. Now we're not sure if it's going to stay at zero or maybe it'll tick up. Uh, uh, we're hoping as high as 1.7%. I don't know what portion of that $18 million will actually go to K-12. But um, I know it's important for us to continue to have the money to put into teacher salaries, or it's going to be a very short period of time before we're going to be right back at that table saying that w- that one-time money was nice, uh, but teacher salaries are still where they where they were. So, I'm I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic uh, that uh, that that money will will go uh, where it needs to go to have the biggest uh, bang for the buck.
0: There's always plenty of people who want some of the money and public. The public state employees have uh, a legitimate uh, um, need as well. How much of that 18? It doesn't seem like very much money to me. $18 million. I know it's significant, but it's not enough to cure anything. How much of that needs to go to K-12 to make a difference in the salaries at the local level?
4: That's a good question. I don't know that answer, Patrick. The, uh, um uh I really don't. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's mm-hmm. three million, eight million. I, I I don't know. I don't know that number. And and I know you're exactly right. There are a lot of people um, trying to get their hands on on that pie, that eighteen million dollar pie. So, um, what's right? I don't know. I know what I know what the law says. And you know, as, as a as a K twelve body, we're we're to get three uh, percent or uh, the rate of inflation, whichever is less. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping that happens, uh, but what that equates to in terms of uh, an, an actual number, I'm not sure on that.
0: Should I, I guess? You know, and I don't know exactly how everything works all the time, but we passed a sales tax to pay for teacher salaries. E- even though revenues are down, that part of the tax should still go to salaries, right?
4: That's the way I understood it uh, when it when it originally um, went through uh, but it appears as though that's that's a little more of a replacement revenue rather than an ongoing revenue so um, while I'm not exactly sure how that works uh, at this point I was I certainly didn't think two years ago with all the optimism that we had at that point that we'd be at the point right now where um, we're back to back years of 0.3 percent and then you know wh- whatever we end up with this year.
0: Point three is you may as well just say zero. I mean, that's does doesn't make any difference for anybody, and it doesn't cover inflation. It doesn't cover probably. Do, do how are healthcare costs uh, reflected in um, teachers' compensation? Are you able to keep up with that? Have you had to raise the cost of healthcare for teachers?
4: Oh, sure, we have. Um, here's here's one thing that our board did last year. You, you may recall this. Uh, they put an opt-out in last year. Mm-hmm. And there were several reasons that they said that, that it was necessary. And one of the reasons was we, we didn't know uh, what revenues would look like in PEER. So we wanted to be able to pivot and to be able to keep our teachers compensated at the rate we think they need to be compensated at. And so we've been able to do that. Uh, last year we were well above the 0.3%. This year we'll be well above the 0 or 1 or 1.7 or whatever that is. Um, we're we're digging into our reserve a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have the opt out there if necessary, and I really think what our board did last spring was a a wise thing to do, particularly for this reason. They had the they had the vision to say this might happen. We didn't know it'd happen this soon. They had the vision to say this might happen. So I think we're going to be okay. Um, but, but but we we're hoping we wouldn't have to go into the opt out to To take care of our teachers' salaries, so and maybe I'm, maybe we won't have to. We'll see how this turns out.
0: So you've had to meet the contractual obligations that you have with the with for the, with the teachers, right? I yeah. Mean, so they haven't ha- seen like actual point three. That's just the aid that you've gotten from the state, correct? Or is that, okay, you're, you're exactly. I just right. want to clarify that. So you have been able to cover the cost, the, bridge the gap between what you promised the teachers and what you got from the state, correct? But only because you're. Not just the opt-out, but because of the reserves.
4: Both of those things. Combination yeah. of those two got it, things.
0: Got it. Now, how much of the, have you actually had to go into the opt-out? I'm, I'm hearing you saying we passed that, but we haven't actually had to tap that to the degree that we may have.
4: We tapped some of it last year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, It's like 50, it's, it's a big up. Fi- it's, it's 5 million. 5 it's 5 million. 5, million. 5 million a year. Got it. But um, it was for
0: 10, it, the 50 million number was out there, right? Correct. Got it. Got correct. it. It wasn't all at once, though, because right. it sounded like a big chunk. Right. But when you break it up, it's not as much.
4: So last year, the board had available to them $5 million in opt-out funds. And they, they used, uh, I know it was less than $2 million. The number, I think it was $1.6 I don't remember exactly the number. But um, just over 30% of it, I know, and less than 40% of it. And we're hoping to do that again this year to stay well with Thunder because one of the things that our board pledged to the public was we would only use what was necessary. And certainly in year one of that opt-out, um, they held true to their word mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they will this year as as well
0: the and just so I understand and the listeners understand what uh, what approximate what 's the average raise that teachers are getting in the Sioux Fall school district because you 're covering these costs
4: well they number one as you mentioned they already they get health they get the increased yep. cost of healthcare. Yep. So it's hard to it's hard to put a number yeah. on that. And then uh, the the average I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the But it was is. whatever
0: was negotiated. Everybody's yeah. and everybody's yeah. different yep. in that. It's hard to put an yep. average number on it. But they got whatever was negotiated and what they were expecting plus the healthcare cost. Did you have to pass any of that cost on to the teachers for healthcare? Or did you just pick that up?
4: There's a certain amount because it's a it's a percentage, so there's a certain I amount see. that's passed on to the teachers. But uh, but as a school district we went above what we had to, to, to go.
0: Is it fair to say then that the uh property taxpayers in the Sioux Falls School District are paying for what is not being sent from the state? I mean, in in some degree the property tax uh is what funds most of the school district. So when you opt out, that's property tax. If anytime you tap into that, you're taking money from here because you're not getting it from the state. Is that right or is that oversimplifying it?
4: Uh, no, it's probably right, but I, I don't here's what, here's what I would say. I think your I think your depiction is accurate. Here, here's what I might add to the illustration. When we when we look at the funding that goes to uh, aid for schools, it's a combination of local property taxes and a combination of sales taxes. So what comes from what comes from peer and what we uh, raise locally, it is it's that combination. So um, where does the money come from? Well, it comes from taxes, sales taxes, property taxes, and then it's a balancing act of is it are those state funds or locally raised funds?
0: That's why it's so confusing, right? <laughs> it's hard for the taxpayers because they yeah. they just see their tax bill and they don't always know where the money's going and because it, it does get split up and it's it's not it's not a consumer friendly system by any means
4: no and it's not and it's not just the school side of that so when you think uh folks probably just got their property tax uh, mm-hmm. stuff i know i did mm-hmm. and when you look at your property tax information um that's not all schools so i i would i would challenge people to look at when you're looking at your property taxes over time have they gone up the answer is probably yes. My question to you is um, disaggregate that and look at what, have, what has the school side of that done over time mm-hmm. because we, I think we've grown at a, a much smaller rate than any other portion that feeds into that large property tax bill. So, mm-hmm. And that will be real important as we educate everybody as we head to a probable bond issue later this year.
0: And we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Uh, In fact, coming up next, uh, we've got news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, and then we'll come back and talk more with Superintendent Brian Maher from the Sioux Falls School District. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 435 on the patrick lally show information 1000 k s o o and we return to our conversation with dr brian maher he is superintendent of the sioux falls public school system uh first of all brian uh ha- how have you uh adapted to you're from nebraska you get your nebraska football guy your, your son played for nebraska H- have you now been able to adapt to not being in the scrum of Nebraska football all the time have you become a South Dakotan to the point where you're like I don't know what's going on down there
4: oh no absolutely <laughs> not uh, now I, I thought you're gonna say do you like it if you do you enjoy living here yeah well, am I an ambassador for Sioux Falls without a doubt yeah do I love being in South Dakota no doubt out of the scrum of Nebraska football <laughs> well, that's <I> blasphemy thought, <laughs> well what are I you talking so. about I thought so.
0: Um, I just want to cover a, a couple of points before we move on from teacher salaries. What is the average salary now in Sioux Falls?
4: Yeah, I think we're a little over $51,000 uh, average teacher salary.
0: And that's up from what before the whole Blue Ribbon Task Force?
4: I believe right during the Blue Ribbon Task Force, we were right at $46,000. i am going on a three-year memory there, but I think we were right at about a $46,000 so rate right there.
0: you're happy with that. I mean, you can always do better, but you're... Yeah,
4: I, well, here, you, happy... I'm happy given uh, where we were and in, in, in getting to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always contend that our our teachers are are underpaid and our and we've got. Uh, I think we get the the pick of the litter, if you will, mm-hmm. for our teachers here. Our teachers work hard. Our teachers do a great job, and everybody can point to that one or two teachers that they know that maybe doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I would tell you we have about eighteen hundred and fifty teachers. And uh, by and large, that rank and file, those folks with boots on the ground, they work their tails off. I'm incredibly proud of them. And how many students were we at right now? Uh, K, Pre-K through 12. So including our targeted preschool, we're right at 25,000 kids. It's a lot of kids. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of growth, uh, the other thing that's going on with the Sioux Falls School District is looking at what building needs are out there. Um you're in the middle of studying that, correct? That's where we are right now?
4: Yeah, I would say we're in the middle of studying it, and we are on the, right on the front end right now of really engaging the community in saying, uh, identifying what our problems are. That's the easy part. And then now getting about to uh, trying to figure out what our solutions are, and we're going to engage the community in that process. That begins uh, Monday night. We'll have a meeting at 7 o'clock at Washington High School Tuesday night, March 6th, at 7 o'clock. We'll have a meeting at 7 o'clock at Roosevelt High School. And then on March 26th, we'll have a meeting at 7 o'clock at Lincoln High School. Welcome to come to one, two, or all three of those meetings. It'll be an opportunity to to get about uh, about a half hour of information and then about half hour to an hour of dialogue on what some of our solutions can look like and make sure that we're thinking about. Uh, We'll take the information from those three meetings then and move into a task force of about 30 people, um, non-school people, 30 people from the community who are going to help us uh, really identify what our solutions are so that ultimately our board can put a scope of a project together. We're probably looking at July for that. And ultimately, Patrick, we're probably looking at a bond referendum in September.
0: You're going to have to build something. Is it a fourth public high school uh, on the Sanford Sports Complex area where you they've uh offered you some land is that where it's going to be
4: i'll bet that's one of the options that's discussed at these meetings
0: <laughs> that is a possibility but you're yeah. uh, do you think that there's any way around not building a fourth high school
4: that's the that's top of mind with everybody honestly in the community conversations that i'm a part of and even in the social interactions that i have with folks that always comes up and so um I, I try to be a little bit coy because Brian Maher doesn't get to decide what the solution is. As interested as I am, mm-hmm. this isn't mine to decide. This is the community's to decide and ultimately to decide uh, via a vote. So uh, the community's really got to weigh in on what that solution is. I would be surprised if another high school isn't isn't part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing I would tell you is you know, Memorial Middle School. It's the sixth largest school in the state of South Dakota. Yeah. The the, the five larger are our three high schools, Washington, Roosevelt, and Lincoln, mm-hmm. and the two Rapid City high schools, Central and Stevens. Memorial Middle School is bigger than every other high school. Uh, people think of, uh, you know, Brandon Valley and, and Harrisburg. Harrisburg is not even within 500 kids yeah. of the size of Memorial Middle School.
0: How many are in there now? Over Memor- thir-
4: over thirteen hundred kids wow. at Memorial Middle School in three grades, so so <laughs> my my point there is the solution isn't just a high school solution, it's uh, we've got to look at our middle schools, we've got to look at our elementary schools, and and uh, I I don't think this is as simple as building a, another high school, which certainly is uh, is part of the conversation.
0: So you're looking at the possibility of a, a pretty big number.
4: I think we're looking at the likelihood of a pretty big number, because. You're just going to run out of space. You know, and and when we talk about that pretty big number, I think it's it's interesting. You know, we haven't run a bond issue in Sioux Falls since 1997. And I get that question. Why haven't you run a bond issue? Why did you wait? Mm-hmm. As a result of the half-cent sales tax, the, the funding mechanism in South Dakota changed. And part of that change was in the amount of money we could raise for capital outlay projects, building buildings. And so uh, up until now, we didn't have to ask the community to vote on those issues. We could build McGovern Middle School. Mm-hmm. We could build Susan B. Anthony Elementary. We could build Sonia Sotomayor Elementary without a vote. Um, going forward, we won't be able to do that. And I think that's okay. Coming from Nebraska, if we had uh, a capital improvement of any size, we had to go to the, the public for a bond issue. And, and when you're spending that sort of uh, public dollars, I think it's good for the public to vote yes or no on that. So that part, that part doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. But what, um, but what 's interesting is when I look at schools our size, I look at the Lincoln Public Schools, I look at the Omaha Public Schools and I see bond issues that have been hundreds of millions of dollars. Omaha, for example, uh, passed a four hundred plus million dollar bond issue, I think it was about four years ago, maybe three years ago, and they 're getting ready to run another. Four hundred plus million dollar bond issue, and so those numbers get scary when you only do them once every twenty one years. And ours, I'd be shocked if ours raises to that level. Um, But But it'll be, but it'll be a big number. We're not, we're not talking fifty million, a hundred million to address all of the needs that I think we have. We're, we're going to be well over that mark, I believe.
0: Wow. Well, that's a big discussion. Uh, Quickly, before we go to break, what are the student population projections for what you have, what you can project?
4: Yeah. Well, I would say um, right now we're looking, we can only project five years because we do all of our projections off of live birth rates. Mm -hmm. So we can can only go five years out. Um, But right now, we look like we will go up between 1,000 and 1,500 kids, in the next five years, and that's typical with what our history's been. We go up between 200 and 500 students per year, and so I I, I think um, we we know what that's going to look like. Uh, one other statistics are we are we bumped up against? No, it? keep going. One other statistic that I think is interesting is when I look at our our high schools, which are pretty easy to look at. You know, we, that's the last four years of schooling, and if I say we have X number of high school students. And I look at our first four grades—kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. If I look at our first four grades and compare them to our last four grades, we have X plus eleven hundred students already. Oh man! So what would we do today if our kindergarten, first, second, and third graders were ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders? I don't know. That's what a way. whole another school, yeah. certainly. And you know, and, and I tell people I've done a, and I've done a lot of research on this. One of the things I've found is before those kids get to ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grades they got to pass through our middle schools. Yeah, that's right. You've done a lot of research on that. (laughs) So we've got, so we've got our, that's why I say our issues aren't just high school. It's it's truly K-12.
0: Brian Maher, he is superintendent of the Sioux Falls School District. And we're going to come right back in the time we have left. We're going to talk about the big issue of the day, which is school safety. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, K-S-O-O. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Brian Maher, who is, of course, the superintendent of the Sioux Falls Public School System. Uh, Dr. Maher, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the conversation nationally about school safety. And that, in that, um, one of the big issues is whether or not teachers should have the opportunity to be armed if they are trained and, and can do that. What are your thoughts on that idea generally?
4: Yeah, here, here are my thoughts. My thoughts a month ago would have been no way, no way. My thoughts today, I don't know that they've changed, but here's what my thoughts are today. I think the, the events in Parkland probably impacted me as much as anything uh, since Columbine back in, I think, 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, That was my first year as a superintendent, and I I knew the day that that happened that the public school setting had changed forever, and indeed that's true. And the Parkland issue, I think, is the first time I've had quite those same emotions. I have emotions every time you hear about school tragedies, but this one was a little different, and I think probably it was different because you had the real-life visuals and sounds actually happening during the... The tragedy. So, that student voice was so obvious and so apparent. Um, so, I, well, one of the things I've challenged myself to do since then is try to figure out, don't you know, figure out what you're against. It's easy to say what I'm against. My thing is, what am I for? And here's what I'm for I'm, in, I'm for improved school safety. I'm not for an easy answer because this is a really complex problem and I don't think easy answers work. They might sound good uh, for a a sound bite uh, for a a, a political candidate or or, or some other such circumstance, but I don't think they work when you're really trying to make your schools safer. Um, So I am all for trying to figure out how do we make our kids and our staff safer in our schools. I'm not convinced that arming our staff is the answer, um, but I'm willing to have that conversation. Um, I don't believe this is as simple as saying I'm for gun control or against gun control. I don't think that's not that's not what I'm looking at as a superintendent of schools. What I'm looking at are real answers to make our schools safer. And then I, I lay that over what we do in our schools. And I, um, one of the things that I feel great about is the safety plan that we have in place and the person that we have in charge of it. The person that we have in charge of it is uh, Robert Bray, Bob Bray. He's a retired two-star major general from the Army, and he takes his job incredibly serious. He did long before Parkland, uh, but he's only heightened his awareness since then. And so we've had a couple couple conversations that I think a month ago we wouldn't have had. Um, we haven't changed anything wholesale, uh, but we I'd reiterate t- to the folks listening that we have a— we have a, a three-pronged, a three-legged stool, if you will, that is our safety plan, and that is planning, and that is perimeter security, and that is prevention. By planning, what I'm talking about there are what are our safety plans? What do we put in place uh, from a safety perspective? What are the in, what, what intelligence are we gathering from our community? How are we working with uh, the Sioux Falls Police Depart- Department, Minnehaha and Lincoln counties? Um, National Weather Service, Red Cross, Emergency Management Services, et cetera, et cetera. We work with a number of agencies in that planning process. And if everybody would see that, I think they'd feel pretty good. The uh, uh, I'll jump to the the prevention. The prevention are all the drills that we do, lockdown drills, which we sure didn't do when I was a kid, mm-hmm. fire drills that we did do when I was a kid, tornado drills, all those things that we do from a prevention standpoint. Those things all matter. See something, say something. Sounds like a trite little saying, but I I promise you we avert hundreds of tragedies, at least in the Sioux Falls Public Schools annually, because kids or teachers or parents told a teacher, a counselor, a school resource officer, somebody about something that they knew about. Uh, And that's what
0: one of the things I was gonna ask you is, you've got 25,000 students, 1,800 teachers, bunch of stuff this you must deal with issues similar to this one if not the the incredibly tragic outcome but the similar issues about student behavior and
4: danger signs every day I think in the school in the scope of the school day we do Uh, we we have pre-k through 12 about 25,000 students we have as adults who work in the district, about 3,400 students. That's teachers and all adults working in the district. So you've got over 28,000 lives in, in any one day in our buildings. So you're exactly right. You think about that, 28,000 lives, that's bigger than most communities in our state. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, from a law enforcement perspective, from a from a uh, maintaining the peace perspective, we, do, we deal with uh, safety issues every day. Of and course we do.
0: And dealing with the issues of mental health in teenagers is, is very complicated. Um, but you do deal with a lot of mental health issues. I, to me, it sometimes it feels like people are like, Oh, it's a, we got to do about something about mental health. Well, you've been doing something about mental health your entire career. It is it, we just, do we just need more counselors? You don't have enough counselors. We already know that you don't have enough people to do the mental health part of that. What is it that you need to track better and maintain better relationships with these students who are having mental health troubles.
4: Well, you hit on a big part of the issue right there when we talk about mental health. I said this when I left Kearney. I had uh, actually uh, somebody from the media in Kearney said, what do you think the biggest issue we have going forward is? And I said, we're on the precipice of a crisis, and it's a mental health crisis. It's in our communities, and it's certainly in our schools. That hasn't changed. And I would tell you as a, as a school system, and I mean that nationally, we haven't figured out a way to handle it. We're behind the curve when it comes to mental health issues. So to tell you what we need, I don't know. It's easy for me to to throw more money at that problem, um, but, I, but I honestly don't know. I do believe we need some sort of mental health check at a very young age mm-hmm. and, to, and to work with kids who have disturbing issues at alarmingly young ages.
0: And that's a whole nother show, yes. and we need to talk more about it, and we will. Uh, Dr. Maher, uh, we got to get you back here sooner than we did this. It's been mm-hmm. several months now, so we got a lot of issues that we didn't get to cover today, just about learning, uh, which is fascinating and fun. Uh, so thank you very much for being here, sir. We'll have you back very soon.
4: Thanks for having me on, Patrick. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We'll finish up the week here in just a moment. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 4.58 on the Patrick Lally Show. I don't know about you people, but I, I'm i done. I'm tired. Thanks for being here for the Happy Hour Edition. We'll be back on Monday with a whole new slate of guests and topics and conversation. Radio Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.